Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number three, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors This Week. We're thrilled to be back with you here for the 2022-23 season. Each and every Saturday, talking all things Golden State Warriors, 10-1 to 1 here on 95.7 The Game. And the Warriors off to a 1-1 one one start. Great first night. Lakers in town. National television, ring ceremony, banner raising, everything great. And then they go out and just just dump. Not not even an A game for the Warriors on on Tuesday night, but they handle business against LeBron and mm-hmm. the Warriors. Just send them packing. Uh, and then last night, a little bit of a different story. Come out a little flat defensively. Nuggets were looking to bounce back off a difficult loss for them in Utah in their opener. And they give up 40 in the first quarter, 70 in the first half. And just too too much to ultimately overcome after getting down by as many as twenty and trying to have a furious rally late. So one and one, and, and Sacramento in tomorrow. Denver is not that good of a shooting team. No. Um. So yeah, the Warriors defended very poorly last night, but some of it was just Denver was making shots they're not gonna make all the time. They made fifteen out of thirty four beyond the arc last night. Did the Nuggets? That was with Aaron Gordon going zero for six. JD, even with Gordon going 0 for 6, they were still 15 for 34. It was an incredible comeback. You made the point earlier, uh, what, down with a minute 14 to go, they were down 10. Had the Warriors won that game, that would have been a comeback for the ages. It, it really would have. that close. It really would have. And it would have been, I think, to me, I, it would have been one of the, the greatest comebacks, yeah. I think, probably in NBA history, mm-hmm. given the, the deficit and the time remaining. Like I think, yeah. I think we would have been trying to it dig that Reggie up. It was Reggie Miller-esque almost. Right. I mean, I remember a couple of games where I think teams down maybe nine with about a minute left or maybe 50, 50 seconds left. Maybe you hit a three, get a turnover, you hit another three, get a stop, hit a three, you maybe tie a game because you hit hit three threes. I remember Tracy McGrady, I think, had a game where, where that happened for the Rockets. I want to say it was in the playoffs against San Antonio, but you get to double digits and one minute on the clock that that don't happen too often the Warriors almost pulled it off a little help from the Nuggets yeah and it took me a few moments just to process what had happened where you got Highland and he makes that hairy high school play and Poole steals it and lays it in so it's like a one-point game and before you can even process that you got Jokic going length of the court and as you said earlier when it first left his hand you didn't know where where that ball was going and it looked Brown like it might be it. yeah it's like, wow and then okay well the Warriors got the ball and they're down three with 13 seconds left You'll take that. You'll t- yeah, yeah, you'll take that, and then uh, didn't get the best shot, but a play that was designed for Clay. I, I didn't love mm. that shot. No. I didn't love. I, I had a bigger issue with that shot than than LeBron and Draymond. Really? Yeah, I had an issue with both. But uh, yeah, Steve Kerr was asked after the game. You were, you know, I know you were there. 
and he was he was asked about that shot, and he said, and he kind of couched it, and it sounded like he reluctantly said, "Yeah, anytime you got Clay shooting at three, you can live with that." He did say, "We'll have to look at the film because you could have gotten a better shot than that." They could have gotten a better shot. It was a little bit of a, a little bit of a panic shot. Yeah, I thought. But there's two seconds left, and you throw it up from near the logo. Okay, but with ten seconds left. Yeah, it's basically it's let's run the second option. <laughs> yeah, let's run. You know, you got I'm, a guy named Steph Curry on your team. Maybe he's gonna find his way open. Yeah, and you remember, I mean, the Warriors' favorite play at times is get the ball to Steph. Mm-hmm. And and I think in in that instance, it probably would have been the Warriors' second best play, which is Steph go get the ball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because Clay Clay was in a little bit of a precarious position. Well, it, was so, a, it was a hand back to him. Yeah. Right? It was right. Like Steph giving it. Yes. To Clay. Exactly. Yeah. So and then, then Steph and then just, just kind of stood there. Just and go back and take yeah. it. Yeah. So you asked about uh, things that you're a little concerned about, um, and there aren't a lot right now. You know, coming off a championship, but I think we all know the second unit, uh, Clay, uh, getting his way ramped up to speed. We all are. I assumed he'd be further along by now. Um, so he had an interesting off season and then just figuring things out here with this, with this second unit in Kaminga. Yeah. I, I think the one thing we can put to bed, the one thing we can put to bed is that this is one of the greatest benches in NBA history. Like, like, can we, and I know, obviously I'm, I'm taking it maybe a level or five higher, but it just, there's been so much hype about how deep this team is and it's, and they are I was saying that after the first game myself, I confess, but you can't. Like compare this team to the fourteen fifteen team. I really don't think you can. It's just it's too young. And right. Too, and, and I don't the, know why anybody would. And young Steve means did. inconsistent. And yeah, Steve Kerr went there, and I kind of cringed when he did because I think he was just trying to be nice and instill confidence and and give a quote because the question was asked. But I just don't. I mean, that had that bench had Iguodala, and you know, Iguodala when Iguodala was good enough to be a starter, like he was still a starting wing in the NBA. Sean Livingston was you know, a really good backup point guard that could do a lot of different things. They had veterans. They had, David Lee was coming off the bench Here's the big 14-15. Festus Ezeli coming off the bench. I remember asking Tim Roy back then, how, how is it that this bench, the Warrior bench, is always so productive? Here's the big difference. And Tim Roy said the coaches are really good at putting players, the bench players, in position to succeed. Right now, the coaches aren't sure – what those positions are for some of the players. That's the big difference. There's, and I'm not saying they got a problem. I'm saying they got to figure that out. Whereas with that team, they knew what everybody could do, and they knew when they were in best position to do it. And with this team, especially with guys like Kuminga and even Wiseman it, it, and the younger players, they're still figuring that out. Not only the players, but the coaches. Yeah, the the bench to me is the biggest concern slash question mark through two games because even though they – outscored the Lakers and were a big part of why the Warriors won the game against the Lakers. 41-24, I think, was the bench scoring in that game in, in favor of the Warriors. I do think, even with that, you know, I didn't love the the Kamingo, Jermichael Green, Wiseman front court in that game. It was awful last night. Even Chenzo didn't give him much last night as well. Kamingo wound up getting benched in the second half. So I just, I didn't love certain aspects of it even in the first game. Second game, it it hurt them a lot more, especially on that on that defensive end. But I think to me, it's that that is a legitimate like the, the, the the defense, the selective effort on defense as far as just kind of playing an open gym game from the start. That's something that the Warriors are just going to do. They know they can't do that. They will not do that in the playoffs. Like that's something that we we that is 
So that almost I you know Clay Thompson. Are you concerned about him? I'm I'm not as concerned about him as others may be, just because I'm not expecting Clay Thompson to be at 2018-19 level. I think a lot of people are expecting Clay Thompson. So if you're expecting him to be old Clay, then maybe you're a little bit concerned right now. If you're expecting a slow ramp up toward slightly less than old Clay, then I think the, that that's still very much very much on par. And then Jordan Poole hasn't played great these first couple of games, but I'm I'm with Andrew Wiggins on that. Like he he might have 35 tomorrow against the Kings, and it's nothing to see here. Clay is something to keep an eye on. I'm with you. I I expect he's going to be better than he was last year, which I think is the best you can hope for right now. And maybe he'll get to a point where he's close to the old Clay. Uh, it's just a little surprising that he uh, is not in better shape right now, as we said, because he didn't want to scrimmage in the offseason. But as long as he continues to play more minutes with each game, that's not an issue. Poole's another thing to keep an eye on because, yeah, he struggled, and Denver looks like they they put more pressure on him. Denver learned from what he did to them in the playoffs last year, had a better idea how to defend him. And if Denver does it and it works, then he's going to see a lot more of that. So it's incumbent upon him uh, to make those adjustments. Not a concern, but certainly something to keep an eye on going forward. 888-957-9570. Let's get back to the phones. Gene in Oakland Gene. tips us off here in hour number three on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Gene. Hey, morning, fellas. What's going on, Gene? Uh, yeah, my takeaways, yeah, for the season, uh, you know, two games. <laughs> all of two games, uh, but particularly last night. Uh, well, I mean, the first game, they showed up. Uh, it was the first game, you know, uh, there's a lot of excitement. They wanted to beat L.A., so they, they played with intensity, and they, you know, they eventually wore down a, a really terrible team. Uh, last night, you know, they didn't really show up with any intensity, uh, obviously, if you give up 70 points and a, and a half. And, you know, I don't know whether it's just, uh, you know, they took them too lightly or there's part of maybe pacing themselves. Only the second game of the year and the core group is one of the oldest in, in the NBA right now. So they do have to kind of pace themselves up as they had to last year. So I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned. Uh, you know, if this had been a late season game, uh, that would, that had playoff implications or if it was a playoff game, they would have won that game. So anyways. Uh, but I have a question for you guys, all right? Uh, particularly you, Whitey. This is about uh, Draymond. So I've heard a number of people on the radio say, this will be it for Draymond. He's, he's done after this year. He'll move on. And uh, and now the talk, of course, is, uh, well, it's going to be L.A., right? And I, I just, I'm having a hard time with that one because, first of all, L.A. stinks. <laughs> They're terrible. They need shooting, all right? Why would they spend, first of all, all that money on someone like Draymond, right? Although, uh, you know, granted they, they're spending $47 million on, uh, on uh, Westbrook, so, you know, they have done some dumb things in that regard. But uh, And then from, Dre, from Dre's side, I mean, does he really want to go to a, a, a lousy team like this? I mean, I thought it was all about rings and uh, championships for, for him. Anyways, uh, so that's the question. What, what, how would that happen? And, uh, you know, who do you see are the most likely uh, teams that, that uh, Dre might go to? That's a great question. Why do you got a, th- a thought on that? I mean, it seems like maybe he wants to just play with LeBron. Yeah, we'll, but... we'll get to get to the Lakers, but as far as other teams, you know, I know Detroit has been talked about because he's from there. Maybe if they really develop their younger players this year, I think they had a tough loss last night, didn't they? Maybe you could see how they'd get, be to a point where, hey, we bring in a veteran like Draymond, we're so close, he could put us over the top, but that's pretty iffy. 
Um, I, I could see maybe a team like Atlanta, perhaps, but the Lakers do seem the most obvious choice. To me, J.D., to Gene's point, the Lakers, as long as De- LeBron's there, they seem like they're delusional enough to think, we're close. We got LeBron, and we got A.D., we're close. So they they don't know. <laughs> they're blind how bad they are. Um, and they, I could see how they could think next year. And I don't know, you know, their cap situation I don't think is very beneficial, but we had this shooter, that guy, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and you get a guy like Draymond Green, uh, boy, that then we're going to be – I could see them being silly enough and delusional enough to think he's going to help, and I could see Draymond wanting to stick it to his old team enough to, to play for the Lakers and convincing himself that uh, they would have a chance to be good next year. I don't think so, but I, I don't have a hard time imagining that he and they would think they could be. So much of the equation, though, is how does Draymond play this season? At, at what level? And does he – really truly believe that that he can opt out like how much does he value that 27.6 million dollars for next season does he really does he need that obviously if he gets hurt or something like that he it, it's a safety net he would opt in and wouldn't he opt and, in and then force a trade well that well that's kind of what i was get that that's what i was getting at was you know did, does he i think he was trying to set the tone in the off season hey don't think i won't opt out to, to send that message to the Warriors, hey, don't think I won't opt out with all of the you know, max extension and all that talk, and hey, I'm in line to get paid too when you're going to pay these other guys. So I think he's trying to send a message on that front. Hey, don't think I won't opt out. But but the thing that makes the most sense may be to opt in and say, hey, you're sick of me, I'm sick yeah. of you, yeah. and let him know ahead of time, hey, I'm going to opt in, but let's let's you know mutual parting of ways mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, I think that's most likely. Another team. Correct me if I'm wrong, J.D., but we've heard for years Portland has been mentioned as a possibility for him because Dame loves him. But right now, given where they are, you know they've really fallen well, in the last couple of years, so I don't see why Draymond would want to go there. Yeah, and I'll give you one more wild card that I think could be interested. And I think Dame looks at Draymond, and he, I think he, Draymond, he, he thinks, wow, Steph gets to play with that guy? Like, I would love to play with like, yeah, I, like yeah. How would I look if I played with a yeah. guy – like that, mm-hmm. you know, as a as a point guard that that does have some. I think you know, Steph's obviously better than Dame, but I, you know, Dame is probably the most. Steph, I shouldn't even say that, but no, that's I think it's a he is point. probably the most Steph like player. Young. Yeah, Trey Young can't shoot at the level that either of those two guys can to to really make that. But I, but I think Dame looks at his style of play and thinks, damn, if I had a Draymond, mm-hmm. I could be you know, and and, and it may be a little too late. I know Dame's yeah. 32 now, but and coming off an injury, it did at 41 last night. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Uh, didn't look good in the opener, but I think I think that's always been the like. Damn, if I just had a, if I had that yeah, dude, I would. Close. I could be Steph. That's I could be winning like years. Yeah. I could be winning as much as Steph. The wild card team would be Sacramento, just with the Mike Brown connection. And, and I think the owner's a, fascination, obsession with anything related to the Golden State Warriors, right? And and also. Just they've been so dreadful defensively for so many years, and Mike Brown was brought in to try and fix the defense, and we'll see. Didn't look like there was a lot of fixing of the defense in their first game uh, against against the Blazers the other night in in Sacramento. But I I could see with the Mike Brown connection, a young team that is feeling pressure to to make the playoffs. I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. Could be in the play-in mix, but I could see that being another team. Not saying Draymond would want to necessarily go there, although he yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't really have to, wouldn't really have to. Move. But if he if he's high on 
what the Kings are doing. Like, if they have a decent year this year, and by decent, I mean, you know, borderline play, you know, in the play in, maybe they win 38, 39 games, something like that. I could see Draymond maybe thinking, hey, I could help them. There's, hmm. you know, go from a 38 win team to maybe a 45 or, or, or high mid 40s win team just by making them better defensively, leadership, ball movement. You know, th- those kinds of things. Yeah. I Okay, I'll give you a wild card. I would be surprised if it would be one of his top five choices, but I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. it's a wild card. Yeah. Uh, let's get Dre in Lemoore next here on the phones at 888-957-9570. What's going on, Dre? Hey, Whitey. Hey, J.D. Thanks for taking my call. Good show, guys. Uh, I missed the game last night. I was in Vegas. I got on the plane. Last I seen it was 124-120. With only like 20 seconds left. When I got up, I saw the final score. I was kind of surprised. But uh, with that being said, I'm not too concerned. It's early in the year. Obviously, listening to you guys, the Warriors need to pick up uh, that defensive intensity. I think we're going to miss Sean Payton this year. All right, thanks, uh, thanks, Trey. Uh, yeah, thanks, Trey. Dre, Dre's just having a tough time. This Sean morning. Payton really didn't help that much last year. Little, little too much time in Vegas for her buddy Dre. <laughs> yeah, a little so, too much evening. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't do you just, I don't think Sean Payton helped him at all. Actually. Sean Payton did not help. Oh, okay, that's what I. Yeah. No, but yeah. yeah, Sean Livingston and who else? GP two. Gary that's Payton. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. That's what I think it was a combination of Sean Livingston and Gary Payton. The second. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. maybe he did that on purpose. And I missed the reference. Yeah, maybe. Sure. What? What? And I mean, that is a nice wild card to have defensively. Is a guy like GP two? I mean, that I mean, he almost single handedly could keep a unit like that, that backup unit from being that terrible defensively. Where is the shooting going to come from with the second unit, especially on a night when Pools maybe not shooting well? And I'm not implying that this is a big problem, but I'm asking as you look at this, what do you think the plan is? Where? Does the shooting come from with that second unit? That's where Moses Moody, to me, has to play. And not only play, but play and be able to shoot the ball at a, at a decent clip. And we've seen he's capable of that. He's capable of it, but he's been inconsistent enough with it to where I think it's become part of the equation as to why he maybe doesn't get minutes and somebody else does get minutes. And I think that this Kaminga scenario at the top of this season is is part of that deal. Is Green part of the answer? Is DiVincenzo part of the answer? I think part of the answer, but I think they're inconsistent three-point shooters. They're hot and cold, streaky three-point shooters. I think there's going to be games where Jermichael Green hits three or four threes. I think there's going to be games where Jermichael Green is 0 for 4. And and I think DiVincenzo is is similar to that. Like DiVincenzo is a... I, I say this not as a a total slight, but he's just, he's erratic. Like he, he is like, there are going to be some nights where you're like, damn, he's great. And there's going to be some nights where it's like, wow, that's wow. He took four shots and three of them were way off and had a couple of turnovers. And it, it just, it, he is a more matchup specific player. It, it, it feels like from time to time, but I do think he'll play, play better with the Warriors than he did at least at the end with Sacramento last year. Yeah. Speaking of Sacramento, Probably I think, didn't want to be there. Yeah. I thought there were, there's some, you know, ill feelings about that loss last night. It's only the you know second game of the year, I know. But whatever uncomfortable feelings there are from that loss last night, I, I expect it's going to be all flushed uh, when they take on Sacramento tomorrow. We'll see. It's the second of a back-to-back for the Kings. They're, they're playing the Clippers, Clippers tonight in Sacramento. No Kawhi. You'll be there, right? No Kawhi. Yeah, I'm going to head down. I'm going to head over. Yeah, head over. Uh, no Kawhi, no, no John Wall. 
in that game. He played well against the Lakers in their opener. He played well, and so part of the I, – I know a lot of teams, yeah, no back-to-backs. I don't know if the Clippers play tomorrow, but uh, it's. It, I, I thought, well, this isn't a back-to-back, is it? <laughs> like – I, oh, you know, oh, man, you know, load management. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look real quick. Well, you hey, know, when teams, the Clippers at, may play tomorrow. The Clippers do play. So, okay. so what the Clippers did with, with they said you're not gonna play in Sacramento. The Clippers play at home tomorrow night against the Suns. Is it a night game tomorrow? Because sometimes is. they play that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so yeah they so the Clippers play tomorrow. So and and the Nuggets did that with Jamal Murray. The, the Nuggets home opener is tonight. And so they left him out of the Warriors game to play him in the home opener tonight. I think they play Oklahoma City. And so the Clippers are doing the same in Sacramento. They, yeah, Kawhi, you don't have to go to Sacramento. Right. You just stay home, chill in San Diego for the day, drive up for the game tomorrow night, and be ready to go against the Suns. Michael Malone said some interesting things about Murray, and in some ways this may relate to Clay, not directly, but Michael Malone was talking about Murray and how – yeah, we like the way he's playing. I played in the first game. We'll give him some time off. We're, we're not sure how much he's going to play. And I think he said, hopefully by New Year's, the All-Star break, it'll be a different situation. So they're giving him lots of time to get comfortable enough to play more often. But it also sounds like they're not certain that he'll be able to play, uh, you know, game to game for a while. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. It, it really does because I mean, what Wednesday was his first action in eighteen months. Remember last year during the playoffs, there was talk that oh, we might see Jamal Murray, might see Jamal Murray. Yeah, they we kept... saw him, but always saw him was sitting there going, "I ain't playing." Right, sitting there saying he ain't and playing. I don't blame him. I'm just saying. Uh... No, at that point, I mean, what was it truly yeah. worth? Yeah. I mean, to me, yes. I, I I actually thought that made a lot of sense. I know there was even a I think a report floated during that series that Michael Porter Jr. may play out of nowhere and and that i think very quickly got yeah. shot down I, mean, I remember on this show with you and i remember saying he ain't playing that ain't gonna happen no and and so i think that was you know you get a, a, a player's camp kind of putting out there well he's trying like put it on you know put it on the team you know when there is that frustration because you know fans fans are like hey hey this series has been relatively close we had jamal murray and michael porter maybe we can win this there series for, yeah. for crying out loud uh let's, you know it's gonna have a big night pardon me but tomorrow night for the warriors Who's that? Clay. Oh, because he's playing Sacramento? Yes, it's a thing for him. Yeah, no, you're right. That 37-point quarter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe in San Jose, uh, before we pause here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Joe. Thank you, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just got, like, three questions to ask you guys. Um, First question is, um, do you guys think uh, Jordan Poole has worked $140 million extension? Second question is, is that $140 million extension guarantee, or could the uh, Warriors opt out? Third question is, did um, Steve Kerr make a mistake by putting um, Craig Thompson with four minutes left in the fourth quarter? Do you guys think he should have put him in earlier? Thanks for taking my call. Okay, last one first, and, and we're all over the Clay Thompson deal. Oops, Clay, Clay was on a minute's restriction. My bad. Clay was on a minute's restriction. You turned yourself off. I did. I, yeah. I don't know why. I thought. I, I don't know why I did that, but it was just. I was like, I just hit the button. That's a flagrant one, actually. By mistake. Yeah. It's a. It's a mini T. It's a mini T. Yeah. So he couldn't put him back in sooner because right. he was he, limited. He could he, he had four minutes left that he was allowed yeah. to play him due to due to their ramp up for Clay this Funny, season. Funny because somebody else earlier said why did they put him in at all? Now this caller, why didn't they put him in sooner? Right. So yeah. so that that's Thanks, that. As far as the I'm not looking at it as 140 million for Poole. I'm looking at it as 123 
and that and no no opt out for the Warriors, right. but that is but there's incentives. Right? There's incentives that could bump it up to 140. If if Jordan Poole's playing well enough to hit the incentives, he's going to be playing well enough to be worth the 140. So that's so I don't even worry about the 140. It's it's 123. Is he worth it? He got it. So I think that makes him worth it. I did gulp. I, I said this at the time. I gulped a little bit when I saw 140. Like I really did. Went like, 140. Yeah. Definitely. Whoa. Definitely. Uh, but 123 was more in line with the Tyler Hero deal, which was 120, I think, guaranteed. 130 with 130, with the yeah. incentives, but 120 in terms of the guaranteed. Tyler Hero had a big game last night, by the way. Uh, but the, to me, it was the Warriors had to do it. And Poole went, you know, his. I remember a year ago talking about. Hey, he's going to make eighty, and then by, the, and by the, the middle of the year, it was like he's going to make a hundred. Yeah, and then when the hero deal came out, it's like oh, he's going to make one hundred twenty. Did did the uh, punch have anything to do with how much they gave him when they gave? I don't him? think so, because the deadline was already set. Right? Yeah, I I don't think so. Yeah, I, I really don't. I know we disagree because you you talked about this when we were at Friedman's. I I think I would have let it play out. Whew. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, uh, I yeah we do free agency. You know, you can you can. Make that work for you if you're an NBA team, uh, I, like like the Suns did with Aiton. But I understand why they did it, and all good now. But I would have, I would have let him. Uh, I would have waited till he's a restricted free agent, then see where I was. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. We'll wrap it up next here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Final segment. Great what? to be back. I know. Yeah, we just started. I know. We just started here. Uh, but we're going until 1 o'clock on 95.7. The game, I think, Devon and Shamari coming up uh, at 1 o'clock. They'll carry things on into the afternoon. And, Whitey, we're going to be back next Saturday. And, yes. and each and every Saturday 
as long as the NBA season goes for the Golden State Warriors. And it's uh, thrilling to be talking Warriors basketball with it's you, great. my friend. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me back this year. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's going to be a long season, right? It's going to be a long season again. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great season. And the Warriors already, you've seen a little bit of the good and some of the things oh, they're that, done. They're that can finished. be problematic. After last night, uh, they're done, J.D. A few things that could be problematic. And we were talking about Jordan Poole's contract before the the break and and just where he fits i mean he got he got market value so it's hard for me to to say oh that's that's a bad deal it's not a bad deal he got he got market value and and played his way up to that level but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be around for the next 5 years either i no, mean there there point. are options as the warriors have said and bob myers was on the station this week and we're going to figure it out he said, we're going to play out this season and figure it out as time comes, almost hinting that you know, maybe if things broke a certain way, they would just pay everybody for one more year, Like it, hmm. that it wouldn't necessarily be absolute that somebody's got to go. Now, Draymond Green can impact that by either saying he wants out or literally opting out, but Draymond is the popular pick right now to be the odd man out for obvious reasons, but... You know, things evolve and things change, and and it doesn't mean that you can't. You know, Pool and and a texter said this on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Like Pool, Pool's probably going to be a tradable contract if he plays at the level that he played at last year. And to me, it's more about that because I think we get caught up in, well, this guy got the contract and he's going to be making thirty million dollars a year on average, and now he's got to be, he's got to raise to be in a suit. And I and I don't. I don't think that's anything to pool struggling a little bit the first two games. What I think it's just whatever. He had a couple bad games. He's gonna be fine. He might have five great games in terms of scoring the next couple games. But but what it, what I come back to is he just needs to be what he was last year, th- this year. Yes. Like he doesn't have to be an all star because he got this deal. He doesn't have to become a superstar because he got this deal. Like I think too often we get carried away in what's somebody going to be as opposed to just just let them be who they are. Mm-hmm. Like he got paid because he's an awesome sixth man that's going to start some of the time, and he can help this team win a championship with what he brings to the table. It all hinges on if he's feeling the weight of those expectations. What we know of him, I wouldn't think so because he's always had so much confidence. Um, even when he was a rookie, he probably had more confidence than you would have thought that he should have had. So, and he works very hard. So I'm with you. The last couple of games he struggled. I think last night had more to do with Denver's defense than anything he struggles with, but we'll just have to see. I wasn't surprised that they reached that accord with him. As I said, if it's up to me, I probably would have let him play out the option. And then, well, I had the the right to match. I would have done that. But I understand why they did it, and it's probably going to work out. I was a little surprised that they came to terms with Wiggins as quickly as they did, considering he was in line to get more money if he wanted more money. Right. And, you know, one of the things I think we talked about it, but I, I maybe we didn't. I think we did at some point. I, I thought Wiggins was going to be in line to take a pay cut. And, and sure enough, he winds up taking a pay cut just based on what he had made previously like he he was not a player to me that was going to be oh he's making 33 now he's going to make 36 40 44 yeah yeah. for like that was net so to me whether it was and it actually it ended up being like he he ended up taking less than i even thought he would he would Mm. take it Mm -hmm. to me it was going to be more of 
hey, you might make 30 and or you might make 28 and 30 and 32, you know, that kind of like basically similar money, yeah. to what he was making now. In essence, not a raise, but not necessarily a cut. But to me, it got done so quickly because he was so willing to take the number that he took. Mm-hmm. I think the Warriors were like, really? Okay. That, you'll yeah. do that? I you'll was do a little, yeah. Like, you'll, wait, what? you'll do it for that? Uh-huh. What? Let, we got a deal. Let's sign this today. <laughs> right? Let's. So I, I think that's part of it. And, yeah, I'm on record with Poole saying I, I would prefer him being paid and comfortable yeah, as, a, as opposed to trying to go get it, you know, thirsty. Thirsty to, to think he has to do something to, to earn that money this season. I hope he's not, and I don't think he is. I hope he's not thinking I got to do more to live up to what he will be getting paid next year. Remember, kicks in next year, and that that's part of the struggle. But I'm not even I'm not even going down that road with Jordan Poole at this point. Like he, to me, he's going to be fine. It's no different than oh, Steph had an off shooting night, or Clay had an off shooting night, or it, it, like Jordan Poole will be fine. I'm with Wiggins on yeah, that. Yeah, and that's not out of the norm for him. I mean, we know him about as well as anybody as a player, and there have been times in the past where he struggled with it for a few games, but he finds it. Right, I mean that's that's not like the first time we've seen this from him, so I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. But as far as the notion that, hey, maybe next year we bring everybody back, I understand why it behooves the Warriors to entertain that notion and to put it out there for for fans, especially and maybe for the players. But it's just, there's no way. Quickie on the on the Xfinity Mobile text line five one zero Whitey, when you got your first one hundred and forty million dollar contract, did you have performance anxiety? Um, I couldn't even pick up the pen to sign the deal. And it mm-hmm. actually was no, uh, and, no and, and it was it, voided because I was so nervous I couldn't actually couldn't actually sign the deal. Okay. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, still bad bad memory for Whitey. Who's uh, the guy? Is it remember Tyler Johnson signed it was like a forty million dollar deal with Miami a few years ago? And he he threw he was physically ill because yeah, not not I don't on remember the court, that. But yeah, when he said he said when I got the deal I I started throwing up because I just couldn't process making that much money. Wow, that's incredible. Now, I had not heard that story. One more quick one before we get back to the phones. I think this sums it up. Pool has to be a threat way too complacent last night. What do you think of that? Yeah, but I think it was circumstances, as we said, the way they were defending him and the fact that the Warriors couldn't get out in transition and then the, the thing is that when he has games like that, he's going to have to learn how to be a contributor when the shot's not there. I think that's something, an adjustment that he has to make, has to do something besides turn the ball over. Let's get back to the phones. Romany in San Jose. Romany on 95.7 The Game. Hi, hi guys. Thanks for taking my call. Great conversation. My name is Romany. Romany. Thank you, Romany. Yep. Appreciate okay. that. Hey, listen, you guys uh, must have read my mind while I was on hold because a few of the points that I was going to bring up, but I'd like to bring my perspective on it if it's okay with you. Please. So the, the first thing is the game yesterday, it seems like every year they start out like this with a huge bunch of, bunch of turnovers, right? That's what killed them. They do great defense and then come back and lose the ball again. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, but more, more importantly, I wanted to talk about Wiggins versus uh, Poole, which is the conversation I'm having right now. When I looked at the game yesterday, Wiggins was everywhere. He was on defense, fighting through screens. He was coming up, coming back on offense. And Poole was like so lackadaisical. I was wondering whether or not the, the contract should have been reversed. You know, 109 to Poole and 140 to Wiggins. What do you think? 
Thank, thanks for the call. I mean, Wiggins already had his his yeah. one forty yeah moment, which is why he was willing to obviously take a little bit less. I think at this point, he's just Wiggins is just at ease, man. He loves it here. I think he's found a niche to where he can he can do the little things, and he's more confident in his game, and he likes being the third or the fourth option. And and can thrive, and he just he just seems at peace. He's like, you know what? I made all kinds of money. I'm gonna keep making all kinds of money, but it doesn't have to be a raise. And and I'm just gonna hoop. And, and he's just so comfortable out yeah. there. I, Wiggins has been the Warriors' best player, I think, in two games. Well, the, the combined thing about the contracts, it's all slotted now according to the CBA. So it's Curry's right. been pretty good. Yeah, I was Curry's yeah, been pretty I was gonna, good. I was Curry's gonna, been pretty good. I was good. suggesting maybe. Curry's been pretty good, averaging thirty three and a half. Yeah, he has been. All right. Yeah. I was right, going to let that one slide. 1A. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I agree with your overall point is yeah. still a valid one. Wiggins is, yeah, he's he's dispelled all of these these uh, doubts and things that people used to say about him. He, he's proven that they're not true. He's a champion. He's a very good player on a championship team. So all the talk about he's not aggressive enough, he should have never been the number one pick, he's so disappointing, that's all out the window now. And I suppose it could come back, but he knows no matter what happens, he was one of the best players on an NBA championship team, and he's become a better player. It's just like the Warriors hoped. Well, hopefully he's here with the other guys. He'll become a better player. He's become such a, a better defender. And you're right. He's just having the time of his basketball life here. Yeah, and and it's perfect for the Warriors because to this point he's been extremely durable. He's still young, only 26 years old, 27 I think in February. So it's just it's just a perfect match. There's no better situation, and he knows all about bad situations. He knows about bad situations, and it's just hey, let's let's try to win, win a few more championships. Yeah. And I think. I mean, the guy was an all-star last year, so to to say, in in some ways, I guess technically, uh, what do you mean? He, no, was, he was an all-star. Right. He was. He was. Don't do that. Starter. All-star starter. I know. Well, okay. I mean, semantics. Yeah. No, you're right. But he deserved to be an all-star. I didn't think he deserved to be a starter, but I'm sorry, I shouldn't have derailed you. You were in the middle of making a point. Fair. No, it's fair yeah. enough. I yeah. just he was an all-star last year, so to think he's in, it's interesting because he. I think he's playing to this point better than he did last year or more impactfully. He was impactful last year, but it feels like he's just he's more impactful now. Like it just like the level I don't know that he was playing at an all-star level in the playoffs and in the finals necessarily, but he was playing at a level that really helped this team win, which I think is more important than being a quote-unquote all-star if that the, makes sense. Yeah. So I think he's playing in that way can help this team, I said it earlier, offset other areas where maybe they are still trying to find themselves or aren't as good. The thing about Wiggins was that he in the past would put up some decent to good numbers, but after the game you'd find yourself, whether it was here early in his run here or when he was with Minnesota, you'd watch the game and then you look at the numbers like, yeah, those numbers are good, but did he really have that kind of impact? And to the point you just made last year in the postseason – he, I don't even know if the numbers were that good, but he made impactful plays. So he proved all of that was not true anymore. Andrew Wiggins proved that he could have a very positive impact on a very good team. So he's proven himself here that he is close to the player that, uh, you know, it's Cleveland, right? Cleveland thought he could be when they drafted him number one. Yeah, and then yeah, got caught up, obviously, in, mm-hmm. the, in the LeBron stuff and him coming back and ends up going to Minnesota as the, the Kevin Love deal. Yeah. Kevin Aren't you surprised you. that didn't work? They had Wiggins, Cat, and they had Zach Levine, right? And I, 
I am not surprised that really? it didn't work. Because they're all really Wiggins, fine players. Yeah, Wiggins is not not a one. Cat is a little soft, I think. And and Levine at that point was really erratic. Like he was just a, a he was a score first, no D, need the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a two guard that really was he played more like a point guard with you know ball. You know, he wanted to just operate. He wanted the ball mm-hmm. just to operate as opposed to to catch and shoot. So no, I, I didn't think that was ne- it, a lot of talent to be sure, but not not necessarily the best the best mix of talent to win games. It was since you brought up Minnesota and Utah beat Minnesota yeah. last night with their old guys going mm-hmm. up against Gobert and 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 the guys that were you know in the trade. So a lot of back and forth there uh, about Minnesota. Do you, you think Minnesota's better for having Gobert? I didn't love that deal. I don't love that deal when the over-unders came out, and I forget what theirs was, but that was one of the first things that jumped out to me. Had I been a betting man, I would have taken the under on them. Um, and I asked somebody, uh, NBA person, well, wait a minute. Now, if they have Gobert, they have Carl Anthony Towns, who is Carl Anthony Towns going to guard? And the guy told me he's going to guard the same person. He always guarded nobody. So I, <laughs> I think I may have told you that story. Right. Uh, it's just already. you're guarding nobody maybe yeah. on the perimeter more yeah. than, on, than in the I, paint. I, I know they struggled at times with their defense last year, but Gobert plugging him into that, it didn't make sense to me. I, think, I don't think they're going to be bad, but I don't think they're going to be much better than they were last year. I think they lost their toughness. In in the in the deal, I, I Beverly think Beverly was huge for them. It was Beverly who ends up leaving. They they also lost Vanderbilt and Beasley. Like they, I mean, it's and those and the, to me, those three were a huge part of the toughness. And I think that the Timberwolves had a little bit of fake toughness to them. Like in essence, and I know Don Nelson reminded me a little bit of like the Nelly Warriors, almost the We Believe Warriors. The We Believe Warriors were not a good defensive team, but they would just foul you. A, a ton, but mm-hmm. they fouled you trying to get steals and trying to be physical with you, and they they'd foul too much. But it was just kind of a kind of a you're going to feel us even though we're not good defensively, and we'll make some plays. You know, kind of a. De- I thought the Timberwolves had that last year where they would just they'd foul you. They'd be some borderline dirty fouls, some hard fouls, but there was a there was a toughness and edge to the way that they played. I think Anthony Edwards plays with with that kind him. with that kind of edge, uh, but. They had everybody doing it, but I think the reason they had everybody doing it was because of the guys like Vanderbilt and Beasley and and Beverly that that were there. In addition to the way Anthony Edwards plays, and and they just it it, it became a, a sneaky part of their identity. You trade the tough guys away to get one of the most tissue paper soft bigs in the league when you already have a tissue paper soft big. That that to me is the potential to be problematic. And maybe only saved by Anthony Edwards continuing to ascend to superstardom. Well, you're forgetting all about the former Warrior D'Angelo Russell. He's not a good defender. He's a question mark too. I'm he, kidding. He was a much better defender last year, and he he even bought in. Mm-hmm. He even bought into being more you know fake fake physical. The thing kinda. about Gobert that's puzzling is legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. He's won it in the past, but the Warriors expose him every time they play against him. And they render him almost useless defensively. So in today's NBA, how can I take him seriously defensively when a team like the Warriors, every time they play him, and the Clippers did the same thing in the bubble. They just rendered him totally ineffective. So how much really can he help? That's a great question. And I think they they think they're going to be better, better in the playoffs for it. And I just, I don't know. And they also could be, I know Steiny mentioned this, 
they could be a victim of their own success in terms of you know being being the kind of team that that was able to you know maybe be a a step ahead last year and then now they they end up taking a step back because they, they almost know, beat Memphis last year. Yeah, they advanced in the obviously in the play in mm-hmm. when people didn't think they were going to and then yeah, nearly beat Memphis in that in that 7-2 matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A job by the way, if we're doing two early MVP picks, Ja is my pick today. MVP, Ja Morant. He's been we pretty good. 49 last night. Yeah, he's been pretty good. He's been he's been real good and you know, it, it's interesting when you look at because we're going to have to keep an eye on all these teams, and Denver's one of them from from last night. I mean, Memphis. Absolutely. You, you keep an eye on Memphis because Memphis has got a, an obsession uh, with, with the Warriors. I wonder if they play the regular season out at the same level that they did last year because they're so uber focused on the Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. Like they think the Warriors are the only thing that can keep them from a chip, and that sometimes can be a little too consuming to where you don't have the. The regular season that you need to get in a position right. to where you get your shot it becomes at a distraction, yeah, from what you have to do game to game. And, and so I, I, I think that's a fascinating component to them. Boy, Chris Paul hasn't looked good. He, he, he. You, we're talking about Wiggins being an extension of his playoff. I feel like Chris Paul's been an extension of the way his season ended last year. Remember, he had his, he had his thirty seventh birthday and in the midst of that series and then just dropped and then everybody got covid reportedly and right. they didn't report that was it the company line is they, that they got, got covid sick. and and they didn't and they didn't report it and they played through the end of that series and ended up getting beat uh by Dallas and Chris Paul didn't look great the first couple games no and what didn't, is he now? didn't yeah, play said, at the end he got benched at the end of the opener mhm mhm i mean things going to catch up with them eventually they've had two great years and i'm not sure they're good enough without him playing at a at a high level. Like I think they've been, he makes it all go. He's really good. They've been billed as well. Chris Paul's the bridge. Chris Paul's you know helping, but, but the young players can, can get it done. Bridges and Booker and Aiton. Well, Aiton didn't want to be there. They forced him to stay. Like <laughs> those guys are going to be, you know, those guys are going to be a core that can be sustainable on their own. And I, I think what we might find this year, I think they're still a playoff team, but I think what we might find this year on Phoenix is, without Chris Paul playing at an elite level that their young players actually can't sustain it on their own. I wouldn't think so. He's he's that good in his basketball IQ. I know they ask the GMs every year who has the highest basketball IQ and I think the vast majority said LeBron, but I would say Chris Paul. Yeah. No, I I think so. So that's that's another and New so, Orleans. We talked about New Orleans yep. is it not maybe that level, but a team on the rise. Yeah, clear cut, I think top eight. I think they're showing plugging signs. in Zion and so far it's working. Yep, and he's healthy and 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 looks good. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, but I think they're a they're a top eight team for sure. I'm I'm high on Denver as we talked about I'm earlier. On the Clips, it sounds like higher than you are. Yeah, I, I I mean to me it's like the Clippers tonight. I think is a little like tonight is the quintessential. Like if they go to Sacramento and and are, and play like they don't care, then that that to me they don't have it. Like that's like they need to take the regular season more seriously, and part of that is the load management thing. Yeah, I get it; it's a back to back, but to me that bites them in the ass because they don't win enough in the regular season because they're so worried about load management, and then they wind up not having guys in the playoffs anyway. Right, and so right. it's like they don't hit on any of it, and that Where's becomes the both worlds. Right, so so I, I actually I look I can't take the Clippers seriously, and part of the reason I can't take the Clippers seriously is because they they have shown in the past that they'll go to Sacramento tonight and just they'll get run out by 15 and, mm-hmm. and look and look like they don't give a damn. And and I can't get down with that. Being said, you still have 
Kawhi and Paul George and and some of the other players they have in Ty Lue, you're you're still going to be yeah, uh, a playoff a team. And John so. Wall, at least in the base of what we saw in the first game, could really help that. So good yeah. stuff, Whitey. Always fun uh, for Whitey Gleason, for Cam Williams. I'm John Dickinson. We got uh, Devon and Shamari coming up next. So keep it locked right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.